Hey, church, it's a new building. It's a new series. And the title of our series is, And They Came to Elam. And They Came to Elam. Did you find this place okay? And if you've been here, if you if you've been coming around for the last couple of years, it was quite easy to find, right? Just 200 meters from our old entrance. It's really incredible how God has really taken us as a church, literally from from our last service uh, in March, and we've been on this this journey around uh, looking for a place, and we felt like we were just going around the circus for a little while, and till finally God brought us back to the same street, right here. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, you're just amazing. You, this journey you've taken us on. But here's the thing. It's the same street, but a new thing. Same street, but a new thing. Isaiah 43 verse 19 says this. See, I am doing a new thing. Everyone say new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's a new anointing. It's a new anointing. God wants to give you a new anointing. It's not, not like, oh, you know, Lord, give me the anointing that you gave me before. Lord, work through my life like you did before. Absolutely, God will do that, but God wants to give you something new. He wants to give you a new anointing. He wants to fill your life with freshness. And God is the God of the breakthrough. Amen? Amen. It is so good. So, so if, you, uh, if you're looking for a subtitle for today's message, it's Encounter. Encounter, same street. But a new thing, encounter, same street, but a new thing. Because, you know, it's about God wants you to move forward. It's not about looking back. It's not about living in our past. It's about moving forward with all that God has for you. And, 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 and maybe you feel stuck. You ever feel stuck sometimes in life? You just feel like you're just, like you're in a rut. And like you just like, I just feel like I'm just going around the same old, same old. I'm just, uh, I, I just, I just, or maybe you kind of feel like your, your best years are behind you. Like, all over there, well, you know, um, uh, back then I did all these things and back then I had all these doors open, but now I just feel like everything is just, it's just kind of like, um, just, uh, it's just doors are just closing all around me. Or, or, or maybe you're, you're kind of like feel like that you're, you're, you're moving forward, but all you see is like, you know, when you drive a car, you, you got your windscreen, you got your rear view mirror. And it's good to have a rear view mirror, right? Because you can, to help you see who, how close they're driving up behind you. Right, and you think and you start praying for them, and goes, Lord, I just pray, help them with their eyesight so they can have a bit of a distance for them. Uh, you're either praying or you're, or you're saying something else. Why are they stuck up my backside? You know, but it, it, it also tells you like uh, where you're going. If I'm going to turn, make sure I'm safe. Right, but but here's the thing: sometimes in our life, instead of looking at a windscreen, our windscreen kind of helps us, directs us to go forward where we're going. But instead of seeing through a wind, looking through a windscreen, all we see is a rear view mirror. And the review, and all we see is what's happened in the past. And it's, and it's not all bad because sometimes I love thinking about the amazing stuff we've done in the past. And we look through, oh man, remember God did this, remember God did that, which is great. But sometimes that can be a hindrance because we're waiting for what God had done and we're waiting for yes, yesterday's anointing when God wants to do a new thing in your life today. It's a time for you to, to put that review mirror back to the side that's supposed to be and begin to look through the windscreen or where God is called, I'm bringing you into something new. Will you step into the new? Would, would you begin to, 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 to let go of the past? Would you begin and, and let me take control of your life? Would you let me release your kids to me? Release your, your finances to me? Release your, your marriage to me? For, for I'm the God of the breakthrough. Amen? So if you can please turn with me to Exodus chapter 15, verse 27. Exodus 
Oh, we've got, we've got it on the screen. So there you go. So if you, if you either got a Bible uh, or if you've, got, if you've got your iPhone, just turn it on. If not, use your eyeballs to look at the screen. So uh, Exodus 15 verse 27. To give you a bit of context, God had rescued Israel from Egypt. They had been in slavery for 430 years. It's a long time to be in slavery. They, he rescues them and, he, and, he, and, he, and, and Pharaoh eventually lets, lets God's people go, but then he kind of changes his mind and he chases them. And, 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 the, and so God rescues them by, by uh, delivering them through the Red Sea, parts of the Red Sea, and, they, and they, they go out into freedom. And now the children of Israel, they're, they're, they're in freedom, but now they're, just, they're miserable because they're walking through the desert. It's hot. Anybody walked through a desert before? Anybody gone on a journey or gone for a run or gone for a walk and you forgot to bring water? And you get thirsty really fast and you're looking for a vending machine or something or, or whatever to get some. And, and, and can you imagine walking through the desert? You just, you feel, got all this victory, God set you free, but now you're kind of like, oh my gosh, where's this journey going to stop? We left 21 Maui Street and we're still going. When is this going to stop? And they're journeying through and they come to this place called Mara and they thought, yeah, there's some water there, I'm, I'm thirsty. And they drink the water and it's bitter. And they go, great. God, we're better off over there. Why'd you bring us here with this bit of water? And then God does a miracle and it's, and it's sweet again. And they carry on. And this is where we are in Exodus chapter 15, verse 17. Then they came to Elam. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there near the water. Can you imagine what it was like for the children of Israel? When they're walking, they're tired. They go, man, God led us to this other place, bit of water. Oh my gosh. And then they start to see these palm trees. And it goes, oh, what are those? Palm trees. And as they get a bit closer, they see some, all these springs of water. Can you imagine what's going through your head if, you, if you're thirsty and you're tired and you saw shade? One of the best things I love to do when I go to a park on a sunny day is go for a snooze under a tree. Anybody else know what I'm talking about here? Snooze under the tree. The problem is the kids never let you sleep. That's the only problem. If only I could get that bit right too. But anyway. And they get there, but isn't that what it's like in life? Life can be, we, it can be exhausting. It feels like we're going through a desert, like one after another, and we just kind of like, feel like we just kind of get lost. But Elam was that place that God led them. Look, the first true oasis that they encountered before God led them to Mount Sinai where we made a covenant with his people. So Elam was, was a place of rest. Elam was a place of breakthrough. Elam was a place of preparation, preparing the people to receive God's covenant. Elam was this place where, where they could come and they could, they could, they could be who their God called them to be or something new. Elam was a breakthrough place. You know, um, when I was driving to church today, um, this morning, um, this e-light came up on my dashboard, just went up there. And you know what E stands for, right? It stands for enough. And it pops up and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to get some petrol in there. A bit nervous because, you know, if, if I run out of gas, um, I could be stranded and, and I have to walk here. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and I'm passing all the gas stations. You ever done this before? You're on empty, you're passing all the gas stations. Why are you passing all the gas stations? Because they're expensive. You know there's a cheaper one over there, right? You've got to hit. It's, I'm going to the cheaper uh, and you're kind of, I'm hoping I'll get there. You're kind of nervous you'll get there, right? But once you fill up that tank, once it goes from E to F, to full, all, all of a sudden your countenance change. You go from being nervous to being confident. That, and this is what, I filled up my car during this weekend 
And uh, I had to go to Uhopo to go get all our, all our storage was in Uhopo. And that's where I had to go. And I was going back and forth. Back. I was going with confidence. You know why I was going with confidence? Because I had a full tank. Going with confidence. Going back and forth. Over there. Oh, we forgot this. I'll drive back there. Come back again. Go. And, 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 and this is what happened. When you are full, you're confident. And this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to fill you with his presence. And when the Holy Spirit fills you with his, pre- with his presence, you're confident. But when we begin to run low, when we begin to run low, we, become, we get nervous. And we, and we, begin, and we begin to question. When, when, you're full, when, you're, when my car is full of gas, people ask me for a ride. Go, yeah, I'll take you wherever you want. I, I notice that, that, that uh, when you're full, you're a lot more generous. But when you're running on empty, you go, oh, sorry, I can't give you a ride. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, not only are you generous, but you, but you also you, you, you begin to help people wherever, in their need and time. And, there, and this, which, is why, which is why Elam was like a filling station for the children of Israel. And that's what Elam is. It's a place where we refresh, where we get full. And, and, this, and for this month, we, we're going we're, we're to be working through Elam as an acronym, E-L-I-M. And today we're going to be looking at E, and it's encounter. Encounter. And there you go. Next week we'll be looking at L, then I, and then M. But today it's encounter. That, 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 that the house of God is a house of breakthrough. The house of God is a place of encounter where we encounter God. Because when you encounter God, you encounter your purpose. When we read scripture, we read Moses. Um, Moses, was, he, uh, he was washed out. He, he, uh, uh, he tried to do things on his own way and he found himself uh, he breaks the law, he kills someone, he's on the run until he out- encounters God. And God uses Moses to, to lead the people into freedom. And then we had David. David was, was just a shepherd boy looking after the sheep, forgotten until he encountered God. And God will use David. He will use David to become one of Israel's greatest kings. And, and we all heard stories of how people encountered God and how I encountered God and God set me free. But here's the thing. God just doesn't want you to read about stories of encounter. God just doesn't want you to hear about stories of, of encounter, but he wants you to experience his encounter today. That it wasn't just for them. Oh, it just happens for everyone else, but not for me. But I'm, here to t- I'm here to tell you that God wants, to encounter, wants you to experience his encounter today. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, this is the birth of the church. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Spirit of God. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they experienced the power of God. Let me tell you something. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with your salvation. Okay, so to receive salvation, you don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because it's what Jesus did for you on the cross. That, Jesus lo- that God loved you so much that he stepped into his creation and the fullness of Jesus. And on the cross, he died for your sins. He died for your greatest regrets. He died on the cross so we can re- receive salvation. You know, you know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's not a goal also. It's like, you know, oh, now that I've received Jesus, my goal is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what being baptized in the Holy Spirit is, 
It's a gateway to your authority. It's a gateway to your authority. That's what it is. So which means, you know, you, if, you, if you want to be baptized by the Holy Spirit or not, it's up to you. If you want to walk in, in the authority God has given you, it's up to you. Salvation is given to us all. But it's up to us if we want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the famous evangelist Smith Wigglesworth, he, Smith Wigglesworth, he came to, to Aotearoa back in the, in the 1920s and, and, he, and the, there came this revival and the Pentecostal Church of New Zealand began and that's where Elam comes from, from this revival of, of, of Pastor Smith Wigglesworth and he, was, and he was baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, Smith Wigglesworth tells a story uh, where he wakes up one night. He wakes up one night and at the, at the foot of his bed was Satan. Satan himself was at the foot of his bed. Now, what would you do if you wake up one night and the devil's at, your, at, your, at, your, at, your, at the end of your bed? What would you do? You know what Smith Wigglesworth did? He, he wakes up, he sees the devil, and he goes, oh, it's you. And he turns over and goes back to sleep. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have authority. No matter what devil comes into your life, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like, the devil, you can do your best, but I, I know someone who's greater than you. All authority has been given to Jesus, and it's upon Jesus' authority I stand. And that's what the Holy Spirit, uh, when, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we, we, we can tap into his authority that's there. I always think of it like, like, the, like the ceiling is the, is, the, is the power of God, his authority, and when we baptize in his presence, it's like the, turning the tap onto the authority of God upon your life. And for, for some of us, we're like, we, we, we love being filled with the Spirit, but somehow we kind of turn the tap off and we kind of dry it up a little bit. And we've forgotten. And then we start looking back to yesteryear. Like, remember how the Holy Spirit fell? Let me tell you something. You have access to the Holy Spirit now. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's got nothing to do with your salvation. It's not a goal. But it's a, it's a gateway to your authority. And the Holy Spirit, and, and Elam was a place of encounter. We encountered God's authority. I remember when I surrendered my life to Jesus and, um, and I'm coming along to church. This is before I came to Elam. This is, I've got kind of two salvation stories. And I'll tell you my first one. Got saved in, in this other church called, back then it was called the Apostolic. And now, they've, um, now they've got a few names. Sometimes I'm not sure what, what, what name it is now. And, but I remember going along with people and I got saved and I, and I felt this buzz. Like, man, I love the buzz. I love the songs. Come along. I love the songs. I love this buzz. But this raising hand things, the speaking in tongues thing, that's a bit weird, you know. And you know what? If God wanted me to do that, then he'll, he'll make me do it. So, you know, and I was pretty rebellious. I hated people telling me what to do. You know, it's, it's the Adam, Adam and Eve. What do you do? Don't touch that fruit. <laughs> you know, we just, you know, don't do wet, wet paint, don't touch. You know, we just can't help ourselves. And I remember the, um, the being in church as a, as, a, as a young believer of Jesus and, and, and the worship leader, come on, everybody, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I was, this is me. Seriously, I was like this. I ain't lifting up my hands. No one's telling me what to do. This is me. You know, if, if God wants me to lift my hands, I'll lift my hands. He will literally lift my hands for me. This is what's my attitude. You know, I, want the, I like the buzz. I, I, I love the songs, but the other stuff, nah, it's not me. And I, I remember we got, our young adults got invited to this, to, this, to this event, and it was at this funny church. It was called um, Elam. Elam Christian Center in Botany, Auckland. Never heard of it. 
And we came to Elam. And I was there with everyone else, and everyone's raising their hands or looking around. And I was like, you know what? If I raise, because for me, I, I felt if I raise my hand, I'm raising my hand because I'm, co- I'm copying them. So I went, I left them, I went to the back. I went to the back, and I'm there, and I'm just in a conversation with God. I said, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about this stuff. But I remember thinking to myself, one thing I do know, I'm tired of resisting you. So I said, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender. And so I lifted my hands at the back, and there was worship there. And I lifted my hands, and I said, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm letting go, I'm letting you. And I just began to sing, and I began to go, and I was like, oh, what was that? I'm trying to sing here, Lord. Whoa, 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 whoa. Turn that lawnmower off. Who turned on the lawnmower? And then the more I was letting go and letting go, the more the Holy Spirit began to fill my life. Let me tell you something. Lifting your hands is the most natural thing that we all do. Yesterday morning, I was watching the All Blacks, and you know what I was doing? Lifting my hands. You go to a concert, you're like, yeah, woo-woo, and we come to church. You know, um, when, you're, when you're a kid and your mom says, who, who took a bite of this cake? And, and this is what we do. It wasn't me. No one teaches us to say this is surrender. It's a natural thing to do. And, and, and the Holy Spirit comes upon us and says, and it's about giving God what rightfully belongs to you. Lord, I'll give you all the praise. I'm sick and tired of praising a sports team. I'm sick and tired of, of, of praising some concert that gives me no energy, gives me no life. But Holy Spirit, you give me life. And I'm surrendering to you. I'm surrendering my life. I'm, I'm sick and tired of trying to control. And the Holy Spirit took hold and I began to speak in tongues. Let me tell you something. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to speak in tongues. But boy, do I wish you could speak in tongues. There's a big difference. You don't have to speak in tongues, but boy, I wish you could. Because there's power in speaking in tongues. I love what the Apostle Paul says. Apostle Paul says, where does he say it? In Corinthians 4.18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Because he was, he was, the church in Corinth, they were a bit of a wild, wild west of church because the church was just, he was just trying to figure out how we do things here. Right? And everyone's up there, everyone's speaking in tongues more than anything else. Apostle Paul goes, you know, that's cool you speak in tongues. In fact, I speak in tongues more than you. Hey, why don't you just like put some order to your service? And all these things. But he also, just to make sure they don't go overboard, because we like to put rules around everything, he says in, at the end of 39, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and don't forbid speaking in tongues. Right? And, and what are speaking in tongues? Oh, I re- the speaking in tongues, when you read Corinthians, it talks about these gifts and how, how it edifies your spirit. And this is why I say, you, you don't have to speak in tongues, but, but honestly, it, it, it's, it's my favorite gift. Because there are times where you ever walk through somewhere and you feel like this evil presence. Like wherever you're walking at night and you just sense something. Or you walk into a building, you sense something and the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Some of us have more than others, but and it stands up. And, and, uh, and, and, and when, when, when moments like that, I speak in tongues. And then all of a sudden, I feel the authority of God and whatever is in there is gone. And with these times when I'm disappointed and, I'm, I'm, and I just don't feel like praying, and I begin to just pray in tongues. It's like my spirit connects with God's spirit. And, and, and when I have no words, the Holy Spirit groans 
and intercedes on my behalf. <laughs> and, and, you know, you don't have to speak in tongues, but oh boy, I wish you could. Oh boy, I wish you do. Oh boy, oh boy, I wish you could just surrender to God. Let me walk in your authority. The authority of God, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to move you, take every part of you. And what I quickly realized is the buzz that I was feeling, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moving. But there's more to it than just some feeling. There's authority. There's places that I can speak into. I can prophesy over my children. When doctors say that we give us some bad news, I begin to prophesy. I begin to speak in tongues. I begin to get, in, get into that quiet place when it's just me. And God moves. He moves. He really does. So what does this mean for us? It means we should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We should be walking in his authority. And it's here. It's now. It's surrendering before God and saying, and this is me. Honestly, most of my life, I was so rebellious growing up. Even when I became a Christian, I, and I just taught the Holy Spirit to slowly, I just had to go, let go and just let God. And, and let the Holy Spirit fill me with his presence. To encounter God. I've read about the encounter. I've heard about the encounter. But God wanted me to experience the encounter. And you know what? Uh, if you've had the encounter before, we're going to be walking in the encounter. So Holy Spirit, fill me again. Give me a fresh anointing. Make something new. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. What does a new thing mean? It means it wasn't like before. It wasn't like what we, how we used to do it in 21 Maui Street. It wasn't like how we used to do it on 15 Kofi Street. It wasn't like how we did it on Mahoe Street. But God, do a new thing. A new anointing. A fresh anointing. Like never that we ever said before. I don't know what it looks like. The reason I don't know what it looks like is because it's a new thing. I don't know what the new thing looks like. But I want to be walking in it. We want to walk in the account of God. Then he goes on, now it springs up. Right? And, and this, now it springs up. It's, just, it's growing inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, if, if you receive Jesus, Holy Spirit comes into your life. Come on, think of a house. There's the Holy Spirit just in the hallway. And there's other rooms in the house. I've got, there's my sexuality over here. There's my finances over here. There's my family over here, my work life over here. Holy Spirit, you may be coming to my church life. You can come into this room. Or we say, I want to walk in the Holy Spirit. Into every part of my, I'm releasing everything to you. My, 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 my worries, my cares. I'm opening those doors. I'm surrendering it all to you. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit in every part of my life. Being filled with his power. It springs up. It says, it says this, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Are you not aware of the power that's living inside of you? Are you? Don't you perceive what's going on inside of you? It's there. He's, he's just in the hallway. Don't you perceive it? Then it goes, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Streams and, and other translators, river, it's the Holy Spirit. Those, those dry places in your life, we allow the Holy Spirit in there. It brings those dry wastelands become flourishing fields. 
of living water, of living oak trees planted along the river, always producing fruit. I don't know about you, I'm tired of being dry and thirsty. And they came to Elam with your 70 palm trees at 12 springs of water. Elam is a place of breakthrough. Elam is a place of rest. It's a place of preparation. In March, we sold the building. Last Sunday in March, the last service. First Sunday in April, we were online because mm. we didn't have a building yet. Did you know that marked our seventh anniversary as senior pastors? Me and my wife. Seventh anniversary. After seven years of pastoring, we were more homeless. I couldn't blame anyone else but me. And then we wandered and wandered and wandered and wandered. And, and I was getting dry and I was getting thirsty. All those kind of questions like, maybe, do, do I know what I'm doing? Maybe I'm the wrong person. But all those things. Like, I know, yeah, I'm the pastor. I've got to have it all together. But let me tell you, I don't. Just ask my wife. Actually, just ask my kids. They'll, they'll tell you. <laughs> but here we are, first Sunday in October. Seven months. Today marks seven months from our last service. You know, in, script, in Hebrew, seven means complete, means completion. But God is doing a new thing. After seven years, God said, okay, now you're ready for a new thing. I didn't like that new thing. I took me walking around and wandering for a little while, but now we're here on the seventh month for my last service. God said, okay, now it's time for a new thing. Same street, but a new thing. Elam is a place of encounter. Will you encounter the Holy Spirit? Church, why don't you stand up wherever you are? Let me pray for you.